Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation we don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. Okay, Problematics, this is the week that BLM officially died. This is the week that Black Lives Matter revealed itself to be exactly what a lot of us on the right side of the aisle have been saying that it was for the past couple of, of years. This is the week where they said in, in release an image that was so repugnant that even some of the leftists that actually supported BLM had to kind of step back and say, wow, is this really what we're supporting? And of course, what I'm talking about is the Chicago Black Lives Matter chapter posting a graphic of a paraglider with the Palestinian flag that read, I stand with Palestine. Of course, this is a reference to the horrific attack um, that Hamas just launched on Israel, where the paragliders um, swooped into a rave that was happening in Israel and, and started brutally slaughtering people. And there's some really, really horrific videos all across the internet. This is obviously terrorist violence against Jewish people. It's obviously anti-Semitic. It's obviously all of these really, really awful things. But now Black Lives Matter has officially aligned itself with this terrorism. And 
I need to break down exactly what is the thought behind this. And and this is what I think a lot of people are not understanding here, particularly when it comes on the conservative side of the aisle. Like they really have to understand how deeply the anti-Semitism and, and anti-Jewishness and anti-Israel and all of this stuff is embedded in some of these super far left organizations, in particularly uh, organizations that claim to be for the, I don't know, quote, liberation of African Americans. And so this is, I'm going to, I'm going to clue you into how these people think. I'm going to tell you, this is exactly how these people think. Okay. I do work with, uh, there's an organization called Radical Alert. And, and what Radical Alert does is they expose some of these anti, some of this anti-Semitism that happens on these college campuses all across the country. And what has happened is that um, a lot of this anti-Semitism has infiltrated these far-left movements, um, in particular far-left movements that have to do with LGBT people or Black people, et cetera, et cetera. So this is how I've, I've really kind of been able to discern a lot of this from the work that I've been doing um, on social media with this organization, sort of elevating um, some of these different incidences of anti-Semitism and, and helping them get the word out and, and, and you know, sharing petitions and all that stuff via my social media. Okay, so I'm going to clue you in on how these people think. Granted, this is not how Rob Smith thinks. This is a disclaimer. This is not how I think. But I know that this is what informs a lot of this anti-Semitism, particularly from far-left organizations like Black Lives Matter. Okay, so it's a given that these leftist organizations, particularly the ones that claim to be for empowerment of quote-unquote people of color, any people of color, uh, whether it's black people, um, Latinos, et cetera, et cetera, it's a given that they hate white people. That is just a given. Like It's very obvious that these people hate, hate, hate white people. And I could take you um, on on a TikTok journey of all of this sort of anti-white rhetoric that comes with these, you know, these alleged black activists on Twitter. And they, you know, they just talk about how much they hate white people. They talk about, I don't, you know, when white people are coming down the street, like I body check them and all of this other stuff. So so there's a lot of this stuff that that happens, right? These people see these far-left anti-Semitic activists, or these far-left activists, okay? Number one, these people hate white people so much that any act of violence towards white people is something that they are excited and delighted by. They like this, okay? Now, let's get into why they condone this and why they even push some of this this violence against, against Jewish people and why anti-Semitism has been so easily able to infiltrate these spaces. And this is because to them, they see Jewish people as white. They don't see Jewish people as anything else but white. They think that Jewish people are white. They think that these people don't encounter any discrimination. They think that they just have, in their words, quote-unquote white privilege, right? This is why they can sit here with a straight face and call somebody like Ben Shapiro a white supremacist, right? They are able to do this because they deny Ben Shapiro's Jewishness and and put him in this category of white people, right? And so now that we have established that a lot of these uh, black people on the very far left, mind you, I don't even believe that this is mainstream black liberal thought. Mainstream black liberal thought is definitely anti-white uh, for sure. 
and there's a lot of license for them to say all these horrific things about about white people. Um, but that's not that that's sort of you know mainstream black liberal thought that I'm talking about this far left like black nationalist Marxist stuff that you're going to see from from an organization like Black Lives Matter. So they see any violence that is enacted on people that they see as white because again they they see Jewish people as white and they say they see any violence that is perpetrated on people that they see as white as liberation um by the brown people that are committing said violence. So they are automatically aligned with the the Palestinians because these are people that they deem to not be white and they deem Jewish people to be white, all right? And now I'm not going into the Israel-Palestine conflict and, and all of this other stuff. I am no Middle Eastern expert on any of that stuff. I wanted to kind of compartmentalize this into a lane of thought that I am familiar with and I understand this is how these the black nationalist types on the far left think, right? And so this is a very accepted mainstream thought among these types. This is why um, you have even the White House, which is, you know, coming up, uh, coming out against, you know, some of these squad members for their comments uh, uh, about all this, right? So that is why you have this happening. And I believe that in this from Fox News, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre turned up the heat on members of the far-left squad, blasting their comments on the war between Israel and Hamas as wrong, repugnant, and disgraceful. Um, and what did Rashida Tlaib say? And, you know, you want to talk about a, you, you want to talk about a sleeper cell in Washington, D.C., honey. Rashida Tlaib, whoo! I mean, that that one has some very questionable ties to some very questionable people. But this is what Tlaib said. I grieved the Palestinian and Israeli lives lost yesterday, today, and every day. As long as our country provides billions in unconditional funding to support the apartheid government, this heartbreaking cycle of violence will continue. Cory Bush said, as part of achieving a just and lasting peace, we must do our part to stop this violence and trauma by ending U.S. government support for Israeli military occupation and apartheid. So this is what, you know, is coming from the far left. And then back to the BLM stuff, of course, you know, Cori Bush and, and Rashida Tlaib and, and Ilhan Omar and, and AOC, though to her credit, AOC has, has came out against those statements and AOC doesn't feel this way, at least publicly, about this certain situation. But then again, we all know that AOC, that she's basically Queen, <laughs> Queen Antifa and she plays the game uh, so that her far left sentiments aren't known. Um, and, and I think that when she says things like when she blasts the squad or whatever, it's it's with a wink and a nudge. But anyway, so the connection to BLM is obviously because all of these people support something like BLM. And when BLM Chicago comes out with this 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 horrific graphic, which is basically saying that, um, you know, we support this and we support this horrific attack. Um, this is what they are supporting. And so I say that BLM has died right now because now this is exposing 
BLM for exactly what it is. This has nothing to do, like BLM at this point has nothing to do with black people. Maybe at the very beginning, maybe in 2013, you know, when when they were out there in the streets writing and all that stuff, maybe it was about black people. But again, most movements that are started on the left basically become overtaken by Marxism. And 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 honestly, it's not just the the Israel Pan- Palestine stuff that you know BLM has you know has supported. They're in the, they're far left when it comes to LGBTQ and trans, and they're far left when it comes to this and that. In in one of their statements was to abolish the nuclear family. Right. So these are uh, really really crazy. It's a really crazy, really really far left organization. But this is the week that killed it. I think officially because it killed all credibility. It it, it and I tweeted this. That this statement and this and that graphic, which is ins- it is completely insane to me that an organization that is seeking any kind of legitimacy at all would tweet that image out. Okay? It is wild to me that you could have you claim to be for you you claim to be for black people you claim to be for humanity and all of that other that other stuff and so you support this like you support a, an attack on people that were trying to enjoy a rave and then the the attacks on on children and, and, and babies and families and stuff that came after this like this is what you support and so there's a lot of these sort of mainstream limousine liberals that live in the big cities that are like, well, oh, and by the way, uh, some of these mainstream liberal uh, limousine liberals that live in the big cities are Jewish people as well. And they're starting to open their eyes and starting to realize who they got in bed with. And they're like, oh, so this is what we have been supporting Oh, this is when we try to be allies to black people, quote unquote, when we try to, you know, do do all of this stuff. And basically, you know, when they claim to be allies to black people, it's basically having these black people run all over them and say, well, you can't speak because you're white or you're this, et cetera, et cetera. And so they're starting to, to realize that this is who they're supporting. And, you know, the great uh, Mike Cernovic on Cernovich on Twitter, he had said something to the effect of he's one of my favorite. I, I, I literally think that there's probably five people on all of Twitter whose opinions actually matter to me, that I think whose opinions are actually relevant, who I'm actually curious as to what this person has to say. Mike Cernovich is definitely one of them, and he's definitely been somebody that has has very much elevated my platform on Twitter, and I definitely thank him for that. But he had said something to the effect, um, and I'm trying to think of, of what it was that he said. Oh, this is what he said. He said basically that the race riots that the left had scheduled for 2024 because, you know, it's an election year and, you know, they need to make black people fearful and angry and all these things again. And the use of BLM to them was to, uh, is basically a cell to, to activate, you know, their foot soldiers that need to be on the street screaming and angry about something. And there's all sorts of stuff that came out. I remember in 2020, you know, look, like BLM was being funded inadvertently by the federal government. Remember when um, 
Kamala Harris, who I believe was the VP nominee at that point in 2020, was basically tweeting out GoFundMes to help bail out the people who burned down Minneapolis uh, out of jail and all of this other stuff. So Cernovich said that this is going to complicate the race riots that they had scheduled for 2024 because now when people say BLM, and even though, you know, uh, Google can kind of clean this up a little bit, now when people say BLM, it's not. It's just not going to be taken seriously anymore. It's not going to be taken seriously as an organization that is about black people that have black people's vested interests in mind because they basically have just come out in support of terrorism. And the only thing that they cared about was that the victims of the terror were looked what they deemed to be white. And that's all they care about. And so Cernovich says, yes, that's going to complicate the race riots that the left had in store for 2024. And I think that he's correct. I think that BLM and all these different chapters and all that stuff, that's basically, it exists so that they can get people angry and rioting in the streets when they decide that they need people's anger for votes. Worked in 2020. And But here's where I differ with, with Cerno on this, is that I don't know that there will be race riots in 2024. And, and honestly, and this is my theory about this, so in order for people to feel strongly and emotional enough about things that are made up, right, their actual lives have to be going pretty well. Your life has to be going well enough for you to rail against the boogeyman and, and the specter of this 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 racism and these white supremacists and all of this stuff that that the leftist controlled media decides to gin up whenever they need for black people to be upset or angry about something. Your life has to be going pretty well in order for that to work. I don't think it works in 2024 because, number one, people have to work right now. The government is not paying for people to stay home anymore like they were paying for people to stay home in 2020. Secondly, not only are the the BLM types that will be riding in the streets, not only do they have to work now, they have to work probably about two or three jobs because they have to deal in this economy that the Biden administration in their overwhelming ineptitude and incompetence have pretty much tanked. So things are harder right now. So when your gas is more expensive and your groceries are more expensive and, you know, America, and I'll do I'll do an episode and I really want to dig deep into it. I saw this really fascinating um, YouTube video about how we're in for a housing crash that is going to be even bigger than the housing crash of, of 2008. It's going to be, it's going to be huge in a bad way, by the way. But when you are dealing with these things and your actual life is hard, your gas is more expensive, your groceries are more expensive. We have more credit card debt as a country than we have had at any point in history. Something's got to give. And these people are not going to be out here protesting in the streets. I don't believe against violence or racism or all of that other stuff because they're going to be like, why are my groceries twice what they were three years ago? 
why is my gas more expensive? Like, why are the, why is this housing like this? They're going to be worried about their actual lives. Although, look, I could be wrong. I do not think I am, but I could be wrong. I don't see people getting that ginned up um, about, you know, the about fake racism um, in order to to go out in the streets because I, I I've felt that they've kind of tried this stuff and now and and I think when we talk about how Elon Musk bought Twitter now X it's still very weird calling it X I'm not used to that yet but now that a lot of it I, I feel like they've tested a lot of these little racial things over the past six to eight months I feel like we see these things but they're debunked fairly immediately all right because you have to understand these people don't have control over over Twitter anymore that was their main platform to control the narrative and they don't have that anymore and so now they're unleashing you know they're unleashing the the power uh that the left has in, in government to go after Elon Musk because he took away their censorship toy but i've seen them kind of try some of these little a little race riot things, you know, some, oh, you know, somebody, we're supposed, we're supposed to be protesting because some black person got shot by police and it turned out, oh yeah, like that, I think it was the, this this pregnant woman that had got shot or something like that, or, oh yeah, and then it had turned out that, oh yeah, she was like trying to shoot at cops and then she like hopped into a car and then she was trying to run over the cops with the car. You see, that stuff comes out so quickly nowadays the narrative that they try to build is at this point demolished by the internet faster than the the true purveyors of disinformation that would be the mainstream media that would be the msnbc's in the in the cnns of the world it's debunked faster than they can promote the lie and i think that that's going to be why they're not going to be able to have sort of these large-scale race riots in 2024. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I do not think that I am. And even if they did, you're not going to get public sentiment behind BLM like this. See, you realize, and I think that people don't realize this, you know when the left has lost something, when they start ignoring it, when they stop talking about it, and when they stop defending it. There is no mainstream prominent black liberal right now that has any kind of platform that is rah-rah BLM. We're not seeing Hollywood celebrities talk about it. We're not seeing anything because they have lost public opinion on BLM. They're giving a mainstream media blackout on all the grifting that was going on. You know, the $6 million, the, you know, the multiple homes that the founder, that the co-founder of BLM had. And, you know, DeRay McKesson is probably somewhere chilling in his Hollywood Hills mansion right now. Like, these people just fall. These people make their millions and just fall off the face of the earth. Um, and that information gets out there. You know, we live in an age right now where, you know, the like I said, the mainstream media doesn't control it. So MSNBC or CNN or the Huffington Post or whatever, they, they can't control the narrative the way that they used to. That's why all of these things are breaking down right now. And so BLM just doesn't, everybody knows it's a scam at this point. Even black liberals know that it's a scam. I think that there's probably space for something else to come out, but it just, 
What happened in 2020 with BLM is something that will be talked about for generations to come. I, be, I believe that like this country has never seen anything like it. Uh, we are unlikely to see anything like that again in our lifetimes, I believe. It was just too much of a perfect storm of the coronavirus stuff, liberals shutting down our world, and then, you know, colluding with swamp Republicans in D.C. to pass ridiculous spending that allowed people to make money by staying home. It was insane. We'll never see that again. So I don't think that we have big race riots to look forward to in 2024. But the one thing is that for sure, that's for certain, is that BLM is done. It's over. And what Chicago tweeted out, what BLM Chicago tweeted out, and, you know, like, obviously, it's, it's BLM Chicago. It's a chapter. It may as well be the national chapter. I mean, people are not going to be like, oh, well, that's just uh, the Chicago chapter of BLM. And that doesn't reflect the thoughts and attitudes of mainstream BLM. Oh, no, it does. It does. That is what the BLM Global Network actually thinks. So they're done. This is the week that killed it. Because if you're a thinking liberal, and I think that there's still a few out there, there's still some thinking liberals out there. They've just been so cowed by the far left in their party that they're not, you know, they're, they're too weak to stand up. And, and that's what it is. But the thinking liberals out there are going to see this. And they're going to be like, well, I can't, you know, I can't support this. They support terrorism. They support, they support terror, which is what it is. And that's why I'm pretty much 100% certain that this is the week BLM died. Rest in peace. All right, Problematics, you can follow and download this podcast at Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow me, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Rob Smith Online. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you on Monday.